Hello and welcome to the Throwback Podcast. Stop smiling at me like that. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Throwback Podcast. I'm Mark from the Throwback Store and I'm here with Ginger Shack and a special guest. Do you want to? Will you be? Will he be below? I don't know. The Brady Bunch. Yeah, will he be? Yeah. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Charlotte Regan. I'm a podcaster, comedian, comedian, podcaster. It depends on what day of the week it is. I've appeared on a lot of stuff, bits and pieces on the telly, but main, mainly I'm producing podcasts called the Irishman Abroad Podcast Network, which includes Irishman running abroad, Irishman in America, Irishman inside basketball, Irishman behind bars, men behaving better, Irishman coming home. There's a bunch of podcasts that I've been making for the last eight years. And my true obsession is basketball. That, that's, that's the truth. <laughs> Amazing. So that is a lot to take in. That is, that's a lot. Of, <laughs> that's a lot. Wait a minute. <laughs> so, so just to clarify and confirm for anyone that hasn't worked out, you are Irish then? Yeah. I indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wear that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't mention it much, but it comes up. Yeah, no, I moved to I moved to England eight years ago, uh, kind of around the time that the Irish economy just like tanked. And are you the reason to make? Yeah, the it was partially down to me and my spending on basketball memorabilia. <laughs> um, massive bank loans. You know, the, the EU had to bail the country out on the basis that I wanted tear away pants from the 1990s. <laughs> they were hard to find and expensive. But I came over with my wife and son and kind of started Irishman Abroad without any real idea. And it really was an early doors kind of thing with podcasting. Like I can remember saying it to my father-in-law and him going, sure, how are you going to make money out of giving it away? And <laughs> I was like, I, don't, I actually don't know, but I'm sure it'll figure itself out. And it did. And in so many ways, um, it's regarded as like the OG Irish podcast and it's listened to by millions of people across the world. Cause there's, cause that's Ireland's biggest export outside of Guinness. It's uh, yeah. their people. Uh, we, uh, uh, my friend Tommy said that uh, uh, Ireland colonized the world back using, uh, <laughs> using a phone book and a sleeping bag. <laughs> and uh, It's pretty true. Uh, so I, I settled over here eight years ago and, haven't missed a week producing the podcast for eight years and all those other shows just are kind of like passion. Like you guys know how it is. The reason why people love your show and love your, you know, your output is because you're so passionate about it. Like it's obvious it comes across. And I always think that that's the, that's the center of all good podcasting and online content is you got to love it. Yeah. You've got to you really love it. Yeah. yeah and that's what gets you out of bed to do it's it. It's thankless as well hmm. doing it. It is yeah. thankless. It is. It's yeah. like at times you're editing it and you're doing everything and you're like, oh, what? Yeah. Like, what? Why? 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 Uh, well, well, I'm very lucky. I got a, a really good editor and producer since the word go called Brian Connolly, who's back in Dublin. And he's like got a PhD in sound and production and stuff. So I do regard that side of it. You're talking about Mark as the thing that, stops everybody from continuing their podcast is usually 
that hair pulling experience of, oh my God, I can't get this M and A to disappear from yeah. the sound file. <laughs> and they just take the computer, throw it out the window, set their house on fire and start a new life somewhere else. Back and in uh, I've never, yeah, I've never had to do that because of Brian Connolly. So shout out to Brian Connolly, yeah. uh, who isn't, who isn't the 1980s stand-up comedian. He was, he was, he was good as well. You know, it wasn't bad either. Full probably, respect to him. Yeah, yeah. Probably not at sound engineering, but hey. No, <laughs> not his forte. He's dangerous Brian Connolly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where did you move to in England? Uh, I live in St. Albans, a real basketball uh, hub. Well, it actually is. There's a, like Oakland's college down the road here has got like a centre for basketball excellence, produce great players. A lot of national team players come out of there. But, you know, I, I used to do bits about this on stage that in uh, England, <laughs> basketball, like the view of it is really specific because in terms of Ireland, basketball is a really special place. Uh, particularly in terms of Gaelic games. So a lot of guys would have played it in the winter to stay fit. And there's a lot of crossover skills in Ireland in terms of basketball to Gaelic football and hurling in that, uh, you know, I'm not sure, I'm not sure how much you know about Gaelic football, but it is played as a kind of a cross between basketball and football in that it's a lot of, it's a lot closer to Australian rules. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of similar crossover skills some guys that I played with who went on to represent their county and country were incredible basketball players. Like I remember seeing one guy called Dermot Early take a rebound from the top of the backboard. And I was just like, my mind was blown. Yeah. I was like, how, is, how has that happened? And then you see him play Gaelic football. And you're like, oh, I see. All these skills work perfectly in there. But then when you come over here and you go down to the local sports center and you ask do you have a basketball court <laughs> they say yes and you say can i play on it <laughs> can i play basketball on it they look at you like you went into a massage parlor uh, like a regular upstanding massage parlor and Thank said you. do you do massages how do they end <laughs> <laughs> They're like, why would anybody play basketball on the basketball court? We haven't even got basketballs in the building. Yeah. But I feel like in the last eight years, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong on this, that's really changed. Yeah. There's a big shift taking place in the last eight years. Visibly, you can see the shift. And I'm sure you can see it in terms of your sales. Yeah, definitely. That the mood and the attitude towards the sport has changed. And that's a brilliant thing. Yeah, I sure. think the culture, the culture around the country has changed. But you still, on a daily basis, um, you'll see people's like, because we obviously social media follows. I see people that play basketball and they play pickup, and you know you've got all these guys that go and play five-a-side power league and whatnot football, and you've got the guys that go and do a bit of pickup basketball, you know, and they're being asked, can can you bounce the ball a little bit quieter? Mary and John are playing badminton. <laughs> <laughs> It is true. It is a loud game. I mean, it is a loud game. Like Mikey, my son, 10 years old, basketball obsessive, um, not even by choice. He was just told this is the sport. (laughs) This is happening. Get used to it. But no, like I joke about that, but I just made sure that he knew that this is a gift, right? And I think I talked to Nathan Caton about this on the other 
my UK basketball podcast that I did, that whatever about the noise level of it and the difficulty that comes with sometimes being in places where people are like, what is this? Why would anybody want to play this? You, once you can play it or have an ability to just enjoy it, you don't need friends to play this with. No. I, I've always loved that part of it. I grew up in the countryside in Ireland. There was nobody to play with, but I was just never bored. As yeah. long as I had a hoop and a ball, I just was, ne- I, I never had any recollection of being like, oh, there is nothing to do because this thing gives you so much back. And everywhere I've traveled to New Zealand, Australia, across Canada and America, there's just always there's like a, a, a pocket of interest wherever you go. Yeah. Where I can't remember being in New Zealand. Really quick story. I was doing the New Zealand Comedy Festival in um, Auckland. And I mentioned basketball in my show. And afterwards, it's like this kind of wink and nudge, like the magic circle. Yeah. The guy comes up to me afterwards and goes, you mentioned basketball in the show there. And it was a reference. It was a pretty deep cut reference. <laughs> and uh, he said... Uh, I have a game that I run at 7 a.m. every morning for ad execs in Auckland. And I mean, lads, it was like, just like heaven sent. Like you're yeah. so alone. I was on the other side of the world. And next thing I know, I'm suiting up at seven in the morning before the world is awake, playing five on five full court. And it, like, it was just like, it just made me go, I, I have to pass this on to my son, whatever yeah. I do. Because whatever about football being the world's game, there's just something very special about being into something that not everybody else. Yeah, that's exactly what it, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. It's that thing of it's mine. Basket like mm. where I'm from in St Helens, which is like a town in between Liverpool and Manchester. It's all rugby league. It's all rugby league. Everybody plays rugby league. Everybody plays rugby. And then when it's football, you either support Man United or you support Liverpool. And that is it. Nothing else. Mm. So I got into basketball and that was like mine. Like I, I just loved basketball and that was just my thing. And everybody was like, when I was younger, it was like, you have all the people like, why are you playing basketball? What? <laughs> For that reason. Because <laughs> I don't want to hang around with any of you. That's why I'm <laughs> yeah. there on my own and play <laughs> yeah. basketball. <laughs> that's 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 right, Mark. You tell them that it was you that didn't want to play with them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was definitely the other way around. Positive affirmation. You were the guy. They asked you to fly beside. You turned up with cornrows and a headband. Yeah, also were five sizes too big. You're on and a cancers on. <laughs> yeah. You find a moment. You turned up. You turned up with a gun, Mark. You're not Alan yeah. Iverson. Like Gilbert Arenas in the locker room. <laughs> but it does, in a weird kind of way, it does uh, isolate you in some ways. And I think it's no way, uh, especially in this part of the world, like even though there was a big tradition of it in the school that I went to and, you know, lots of guys that were obsessed with it at that specific window in time when the second three-peat was taking place was really the time when I was playing it at a reasonable level. Uh, there is still a certain isolation. I remember feeling like the football guys hated the basketball guys for a period because they wanted to play five-a-side on the indoor 
and we obviously wanted to use yeah. it to play half court. And, you know, there was, there was no compromise there. They weren't going to play our sport and we weren't going to play theirs. But that's character building stuff, lads, is it not? It is. It like, you need to be different in this life. you got to be. Definitely. So how, how did you, like, initially get into basketball? Yeah, like, I've thought about this and I've been asked this question a lot. Uh, I wrote a piece for the Irish Times about this because for guys my age and my kind of uh, uh, generation, I don't know if you call it a generation, but it's quite like Italian 90 was for kids that played soccer here in England, that when you were nine, eight or 10, I was 10 uh, for Italian 90, it's like the first record you listen to, you think, oh, well, nothing's going to beat that because it goes in in a way like nothing else you've heard. Uh, basketball went into me like the first great movie you ever see, because the first great basketball I ever saw was the Dream Team. And it was the Beatles. Like yeah. it really was the Beatles. It was it was fully, you know, Ringo, Paul, like yeah. Charles, Mike, MJ, and Larry. Like it, it, it had that. They were funny. They there was a chemistry between them that you wanted to be part of. You know, you wanted friends like that. Uh, you wanted to look like that. You wanted to dress like that, and you wanted to be able to play like that. And just that, like mania like Beatlemania that surrounded that team yeah, even penetrated rural Ireland. Like that's yeah. insane. Like I remember Aziz Ansari talking about how NWA resonated with kids in rural North Carolina and how that blew his mind in later years. It's only now I realize how, how did the dream team like really kick off what we're living in now, what yeah. you guys do and how we're having this podcast now can be traced back to that one moment when suddenly the world realized that there are these superhuman athletes who for decades have been honing their skills and now there's essentially a Superman to lead them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they're going to take on the world and absolutely entertain and put everybody in their place like it was was, like I still get chills thinking about it and as for that reason Mark I am obsessed with dream team memorabilia paraphernalia things connected to the time and documentaries of the period books like I had Jack McCallum on my podcast to talk about the writing of that dream team book and you know he was the closest to them in terms of a journalist See, so yeah, that's a long roundabout way. The that's reason why I got into basketball. Yeah. Amazing. So obviously you've just mentioned basketball documentaries, things like that. Last year, lockdown, everyone went mad for the last dance. But hmm. you are a man that enjoys a basketball movie as well. Big time. What are the top three? Top three. I know Mark's top three because I heard him on another podcast saying his and I was I was amazed that Space Jam was in there because I think that you're obviously a little bit younger than me. Are you, Mark? Yeah, because I'm, 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 I, I'm 87. 
See, that's a dividing line, isn't it, in terms of basketball movie appreciation? Because for so many people, Space Jam was the movie that sparked them. That was their dream team. Uh, for me, the Space Jam movie was a horrid disappointment. I was just so angry at it. <laughs> yeah, like I was into basketball at that point, uh, four, five, six years. And I was obsessed with what I was obsessed with about Space Jam was the Jordan Dome, the building that they created for him yeah. to work out in. The behind the scenes stuff that I was reading in FIBA Basketball Monthly was that Michael Jordan is taking Reggie Miller, Magic Johnson, the entire UCLA team, Dennis Rodman's calling in, they're playing pickup games until late at night. And I'm like, this movie is going to be incredible. Yeah. Again, the movie Space Jam makes no sense whatsoever. It's called Space Jam. It takes place in the center of the Earth's core. <laughs> Why is it called Space Jam? Like even on that basis, I was like, "Oh fuck this! <laughs> I don't like this at all." And um, it's only obviously as time's gone by, I realized it's a kids movie. And yeah, I, I went to the premiere of the new one this week. Sunday, actually, whole nother story. Oh, what a bad day to schedule the premiere of Space Jam 2 when there's a football riot happening outside the building and all these kids are coming out the door and there's like firecrackers sticking out people's arses. I mean, <laughs> the movie is batshit crazy. I was like, oh my God, thank God that fever dream is over. And then we walk out the door and it's literally the end of days. <laughs> I mean, this is a roundabout way of saying that Space Jam is not in my top three. My top three are as follows. Uh, he got game three, yes. above the rim two, and um, White Man Can't Jump number one. Uh, oh. And I had the director of White Man Can't Jump, Ron Shelton, on my podcast because that's how obsessed I am with that movie. Oh, uh, for mate, some, yeah, that, such that, a good movie. That movie. I've got a signed poster downstairs signed oh. by Wesley Snipes, Woody Harrelson and the director uh, wow. that is like that's a nice piece that is that that white men can't jump is just other I can just watch that just for the one liners all the way through forget yeah. the story which is brilliant yeah well it's got like maybe the strongest opening 20 minutes of any sports movie ever I would say like that opening down to the courts and what kicks off there in terms yeah. of establishing who he is, his hustle, the humor and the wit and this view of L.A. that was kind of grimy. Right? Yeah. So L.A. was like a you know glitz and glamour. But there's this other side to it. The Venice Beach stuff really I was just like I'd never seen anything like it. And also, look, I was a young uh, adolescent boy at the time. And there's aspects of that movie that obviously hit <laughs> very hard in yeah. terms of my growing up. Yeah. And I don't know if there was a boy my age who watched that movie and didn't instantly fall in love with Rosie Perez, oh. like, on sight. <laughs> yeah. Rosie Perez. I watched everything she's been in since, and I don't <laughs> acting, so... <laughs> This is what it is, isn't it? You know. To be, to be fair, though, you can't you can't critique her acting, Mark. You generally watch it on mute. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't even know what she's saying. 
I like her. I like her. I did find the character super annoying in that movie. Oh. And they probably over, over egged the amount of time she had on screen. Uh, but like to move to the number two movie, the Above the Rim movie, to me, is one of the unappreciated great basketball yeah. movies. Because when I talked to Ron Shelton about shooting the scenes, the actual basketball scenes in White Man Can't Jump, he talked about spending hours and hours running pickup games and uh, allowing them to play and just you, just letting them play rather than choreographing. You set a pick here, you go around there, then lob it off the board to him, which the human eye is weird in this way that it's a bit like comedy when they try and shoot stand up for a movie when it's not real, it's really obvious. Your yeah. brain just knows. It's nearly like CGI. You can just yeah. automatically pick it up. But in Above the Rim, it was clear. They played it was clear when they played. And it was clear when they were like, take two, <laughs> bounce it between your legs, yeah. and you catch it. Also, Tupac. Tupac. Tupac's performance in that movie, Fantastic. he just uh, steals it. Yeah, he's so he was so such a good actor. Never yeah. mind rapping. Like I just think he would have been a great actor, even yeah, if the rapping yeah. thing didn't happen. Yeah. Um, I know that's not in your top three, is it? In yours, Dean? No, no it wasn't. So mine. my my top three is in third place is White Men Can't Jump. Three. Okay. Wow, what's coming next? Have a think about this before you do it, because we've been friends for a while now. <laughs> Oh God, you you think we're friends? Oh sorry. <laughs> I'm here for the podcast rights and the discount code for the shop. That's <laughs> yeah. Uh number two um is is yeah, it's, it's space jam. Um yeah, understandable. But, I get it. And that and that is again, like I was born 92. Yeah. So totally. It's but but number one has been and always will be Glory Road. No way. Oh, it's a great film. Wow. Like, great I, movie. Like, and every time like we talk, I talk to people about basketball movies, all of the ones get mentioned. And even 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 Blue Chips gets mentioned. And I'm like, yeah, what film. about Glory Road? People mm. are like, they either say, is that like you guys just have, yeah. Or they go, what? Yeah. At one point <laughs> I said Glory Road and somebody said to me, well, the one with Matthew Broderick and Morgan Freeman in the American Civil War. <laughs> like, no, no, that's glory. Very, very different films. Yeah. And then I went, but also mildly has yeah, the same the similar, same similar ethics. Like, but yeah. but yeah, not the same film. No, no, not, not the Battle of Gettysburg. That wasn't an <laughs> NC. They no, probably yeah. paid a bit of pickup at the end of the day, but there was it didn't make the cut. Yeah. It might have brightened up the movie. It ended on a sad <laughs> note. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, off, yeah, go ahead. Going off of like uh, movies, and I could talk about them for hours, I suppose. Uh, mm. Your prized jersey in your collection. What is your number one? What is your? This is mine. Yeah. This is my uh, good choice. A game what that's game one Alan Iverson jersey. You got it. I didn't yes. know you got it. Yes, yes. I mean, you must feel like you cleared the game and put in your initials. That's exactly what happened. I've just kind of gone. Yeah. When did you get it? I got it a couple. Well, when did I get it now? Gee, 
A couple of months. Uh, probably be um, March, March, April yeah. time. Yeah. Oh my God! Can I see the the tags? You can, you can, you can, yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. Oh my God! I completed the game, like you say. <laughs> I mean, it's that's, over. That's <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a dunk contest. Yeah, it's uh, like it's over, isn't it? <laughs> no. I mean, what did you think when you picked when it oh. came to fruition? Like, you must have just, just ran around the house. Yes, it was just so crazy because I'd been talking about it. We'd been talking about it on here a million times. That's the first question mm. everybody kind of asks. Yeah, when what's the one you want? Any, yeah, what's your grail? Like, what's yeah. the jersey you want? And I've always said, if I can get a game worn Alan Iverson jersey, that's like, that's it for me. And yeah. then one day, somebody tagged, well, a few people tagged me in a post on Facebook in one of the jersey groups that I'm in. And some people guy are was, so nice. <laughs> yeah. And some guy was selling one. And uh, I just messaged him, agreed on a price, and got it shipped over from America. And yeah. Are and you ever going to tell us what that price was? Well, I don't need it documenting. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm still trying to get over it myself. So, uh, are we talking? It was definitely four figures. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely yeah. four figures. It, it was, it, mm. it, it was, yeah, it was four figures. But to complete the game, I mean, I don't argue with it. Yeah, there was, there was, just... there was, there was, there was a pot of money that I had there, and I thought that's always going to stay there just in case this turns up because I've had jerseys in the past that I've seen, I've had the chance of paying for, and I've gone, can I really justify it? And then they've yeah. gone, and then I've been like. Ah, why have I not done it? So it. Yeah. That was never going to happen. Well, it's so funny because m- my grail is a game-worn uh, Iverson Georgetown. Oh. Now, I don't have this jersey, but to me, that's where I would sit my wife down and explain, this is happening. we're getting this jersey. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to touch it. You're not going to look at it. You're not going to do anything with it, but we're getting this. Mm. And And I I kind of am obsessed with origin story. And I never like the movies where the Transformers go off into space. I'm I'm more interested in, you know, Daniel LaRusso before and just becoming. And the dream team again is another origin story. And for me, Iverson goes to prison in high school. Yeah. Uh, he gets this second chance with Georgetown where it's like no one else will take him. Like his mother goes to the university and yeah. begs to take the future number one NBA <laughs> pick and MVP. Please, I know. will you take my son? And like that jersey, we know, you know the one I'm talking about. Yeah. With the, yeah. With the pattern on the unders. Yeah, on the it's under the light. arm. Yeah, it's like oh. it's great. It's a great jersey. Mitchell and Ness have re- just recently released it, but it's not. I got it. Dog shit. And like all, all due respect to Mitchell and Ness. <laughs> I'd cut that Dog out. Shit. <laughs> in. Dog shit. Dog shit. I'm it's sorry. Great. I would like. I would just appeal to them if they do listen to this, to just sort their shit out and have a look at their lives. Um, I mean, think... based, based on the fact that Mark's, Mark's a stockist, yeah, um, we know they don't listen to the pod. Yeah, 
<laughs> okay, well then let's talk about it because this does need to be talked about. And if people are tuning in going, this is throwback pod, we, we do need to talk about what Mitchell and Ness are doing, the decisions they're making on the cut, on the materials, the things that they're going, no, we won't do that, but we will do this. Yeah. That jersey arrived in the post and I was never so disappointed in all my did life. You get, so, did you get the swing man or the authentic? I got the swing man, which of course is a, you know, it was yeah. all I could get at the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then based on that, because I would have bought both, but based on looking at that, I was like, no, 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 I made the right choice here. I just saved myself 250 quid because yeah. the the I know what the authentic upgrade would be based yeah. on the other stuff that I own. And I then started to go, right, well, what I'm going to do is try and dig out the old Nike version, which everybody had when I was in secondary school. Yeah. And that was a decent jersey like that looked a lot closer to the yeah. real thing but then you're never going to get the real thing and this no. is why game worn is game worn yeah. and why that extra length and just you know like the, we're you're talking about antiques yes that's essentially what this is definitely this isn't that that jersey if somebody reproduces a piece, a fine piece of art, it's always a reproduction. Always. Exactly. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Don't it doesn't get me wrong. matter. Doesn't yeah. Don't get me wrong. There are jerseys that are, that are nice, that are reproductions, but it, yeah. when you have, like I, I obviously got this and then got all the paperwork and stuff with it. Mm. And with the beauty of it, and like you say, like a backstory, we played the Bulls when he wore this jersey and they he, beat, he beat the Bulls and Jordan was guarding Iverson in that game. So there's yeah, a bit of Michael in the locker room. It. <laughs> yeah, it's been in the locker room and hung in. Yeah. It was folded after the game. And yeah, I, it, it was taken it. off in jubilation having beaten the Bulls. Yeah. I mean, that... That's never going to be a factory reproduction. You just can't do it. Exactly. And it's ended up in a small town in England. Like, oh, it's, it's you, crazy. You couldn't write it. It's crazy. Love it. But that's so we never got to what your personal that, jersey. I don't, I don't think much of my collection. I honest to God, I don't, I don't think much of what I have. There are ones that are precious to me, like there's, you know, uh, there's a dream team uh, Chuck Daly released by Nike, which are extremely the hard to find. The yeah, the they're hard on it. Yes, yeah, and it's uh, they're very very hard to find. There's a funny story behind it in that it was they had eight of them in my local Nike outlet, and they had them up at 125 pounds. And I was like, that's a nuts price. No one's yeah. going to buy this. Nobody likes basketball around here. So <laughs> week after week, I'm not exaggerating. I have a, a photo to prove this. Week after week, the price dropped. It was like watching the stocks, right? <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps going down. They just keep putting the sticker on top of the sticker. Until I got like this thing. <laughs> yeah, I got this thing for 25 quid in the end. <laughs> and it's it's probably my favorite in the collection. But again, if the house burned down tomorrow, heaven forbid, I wouldn't lose sleep over it because like yeah. 
I, I think sometimes I, I feel like you don't want to own things that are so special that it would hurt you if they got destroyed. And, you know, that's, yeah, that's probably just a personal thing that you come through things in your life, in my personal life, where you realize that There's collecting is important, but there is more important stuff. That said, if I did own an Iverson game-worn that, Georgetown black jer- Navy jersey, that would be the thing that I I would be more sad. Family <laughs> behind is what you're trying to say. Because I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm leaving everything behind. I'm just saying, I'm wearing this on the way out if it's burning down. I'll run outside. I'll just start yeah. going, why are we talking? You're talking about practice. Like, you talk- <laughs> Yeah, you actually need to practice your yeah. <laughs> evacuation of the house yeah. for that very reason. Yeah, so that's that's my truth on that. That really is my truth. I've yet to have my grail, uh, hopefully someday. Someday, someday. Uh, I've lost track of questions. Is it your question or is it mine? Oh, give me a minute, I'll have a look. See, this is how good the podcast is. Uh, yeah, I love the Move. testy relationship between you two. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> It's like we've got to be here, is how it feels. Yeah. <laughs> it's like being in work. It's like ugh, we're getting paid, but we're not even getting paid. So we've not even got that excuse. Someday, someday. Yeah, someday. Go, Go for it, shoot. The, 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 next, the next question was just about the league at the minute. Um, mm. And obviously, as somebody who respects the legends of the game, um, is there anybody other than the notable... Mr. Space Jam remake. I won't say his name because he's not as good as MJ. Um, <laughs> that, that you think will, that in, in years to come, when your son is older and there's players in the league, because we, we were discussing the other week. I say the other week, everything feels like the other week. Yeah. It was probably last year. Yeah. But we were on about Kevin Durant. We were saying in years to come, young people, there'll be a new superstar. And people will be like, oh, it's the best player ever. And I'll be that old guy in a rocking chair. Like, oh, well, you've mm. never seen Kevin Durant play. Mm. And, and, and I think he's one of them players that you see people talk about the likes of Elgin Baylor and, and you know, Oscar Robertson that don't get the hype they deserve. Um, but who is your player that in years to come, when people talk about basketball, it wouldn't be the first answer on people's lips, but it would be yours that you would go. Active, active. Yeah. Active now, yeah, right now. It's a very, very tough question, isn't it? Because a lot of these things are understood and interpreted in hindsight. That's how yeah. history is understood. Uh, I mean, Mark, Dean, you both knew at the time of Iverson that like Messi, we're, we're seeing something special. Yeah. Uh, you, you you think because they're always trying to pitch it as uh, this week it's Iverson versus Bryant yeah. and you're like oh there is something similar but there really wasn't no and there never has been since um there 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 are unicorns as they say in this league and Durant is definitely at the top of that mountain of yeah seven foot do it all guys like well, one thing that's underestimated by kevin durant is the defense yes that he really does play both ends and he he whenever he's interviewed it's obvious that 
he he really wants people to notice that. Like yeah, he is as an incredibly sensitive fella. So uh, he's just he gets hurt. Oh. He does, and I I think that that sometimes gives is a black mark on him from those older dudes, and it's not fair because in some ways those older dudes are brutish characters who. Hold on, someone at the door here. One second. <laughs> One sec, lads. Here we go. Here we go. Perfect. Hope he knows the rules. If you get a parcel during the podcast, chat tell us what it is. I hope he's not got any dildos coming. <laughs> this is all staying in, by the way. I want this to be a surprise. <laughs> Yeah, she. my wife's back for her lunch break and uh, she said, the one thing I want you to do is not leave the keys in the door. What did I do? <laughs> Left the keys in the door. But at least I heard her and she wasn't out there battering the door down. There's a, uh, there but is a rule. There is a rule on the podcast usually that when somebody knocks on the door and you've got a parcel, you've got to show what's inside the parcel. But Yeah, bring her out. Yeah, uh, no, I think I was saying that... Uh, that Kevin Durant is a sensitive soul and that sometimes that's held against him by these older generation guys who, you know, we're kind of learning that like that version of masculinity, the kind of, uh, we didn't ask anybody's permission. We just took what we wanted yeah. uh, is a bit brutish. And that if we're talking about the last dance or if we even reference it, we have to look at exactly how much of the last dance was pitched towards making Michael Jordan's less likable character traits more appetizing for the public as those emerged over time for that reason my son says to me things like lebron is my favorite player even though michael jordan was better because lebron is a good person that matters now yeah that matters exactly. it just does and it should you yeah. know it just should yeah, i um i did i did a pod a couple of years ago um british pod called a uh, uncle off court and uh, they were, we want to we want to do the goat talk. It's like, all right, yeah. We went, but we wanted to factor in human aspects, culture, basketball, and rate them all out of five on each. So who your person is. So mm. I think we had you know MJ, Kobe, LeBron. Now I'm 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 an MJ stan. Simple as that. Like if you ask me the greatest player of all time is I'm like MJ. That changed my mind on everything. Because when mm. I brought in, I was like, I can't dispute that humanitarian efforts when I mean, they made it. I think they tricked me a little bit. So they'd done it during playing time. So I was like, yeah, but he's opened hospitals in North Carolina. They were like, yeah, but when Doesn't he was count. a player, he just smoked cigars and was generally an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you've got like LeBron who's transcended the sport with his views on civil schools. rights and civil injustice and the I promise schools and, and, you know, giving scholarships to, to people to go. And you, you do have to sit there and anybody that doesn't sit there and go, like I can understand you say, okay, Michael Jordan, whatever. They never played each other like properly. It's no. no. a, he said, she said, it always is going to be in years to come. There could be a player better than, than people will say better than LeBron and I'm still going to sit here and go, but you've never seen LeBron play equally. You've never seen MJ play. You've never seen Kobe play. You've never seen Iverson play. And it is always going to be a constant debate. But bringing in the human aspect and the stuff that, that, that LeBron has done, your son is right. Like, he's genuinely a good person. And 
for all intents and purposes, his shit doesn't stink. Like he's yeah, he's a nice guy. Character matters. You know? Yeah, like definitely. he's you know definitely. you say oh you're gonna go like put it this way you see Michael Jordan in the street you'd be like oh my god that's MJ and you'd be like do I want to meet him because <laughs> yeah yeah. Because this there, might yeah. shatter every single one of my dreams. Mm. Whereas, like, you meet LeBron, I feel like you'd be like, "Yeah, he's, he's, well. he's going to give yeah. me something." Yeah. Like, he yeah, might. Yeah. He, we'll cancel social distancing. He might give me a hug. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Dean, you need hugs, though. You, yeah. you definitely need hugs. <laughs> yeah, we, all, we all need it. The thing is with LeBron, with me, that kind of transcends everything is. He's never done anything wrong. We're talking about a kid here from the age mm. of 16 has been in the mm. public eye. And the worst thing he did was that stupid thing when he was going to Miami, the decision. Mm. That's as bad yeah. as his decision-making has been over mm. 20 years. Which also has paled now as a, as a screw-up, yeah. given the way players leave teams as yeah. regularly as they do in the manner in which they do. The player empowerment era began that day and we suddenly came to understand that players aren't working on a plantation that they can't leave. Yeah, exactly. uh, In some ways, the decision then becomes actually something that he can be given credit for. Definitely. Uh, because for all those players, and let's not let's not forget the trickle down of that is to the NCAA, where players are essentially working as slaves, yeah. not receiving a payment for anything until this year. Yeah. Uh, you could uh, revisionist history this to the point where you go, well, uh, he was willing to take the flack for that, and yeah. Uh, yes. like, yeah, I think that he is the one. I think he is the one, and you know what? I hope. I don't know if this is controversial to say this or if anybody cares if I say this. I hope he retires next year. I really, really hope that we don't have to watch him drag it out. Chasing, Mm. chasing those. I just Mm. thought you meant because this new Space Jam's really bad, but... (laughs) (laughs) It's so good, though. Uh, Can I just say this, though? Uh, I don't know when this is coming out. It'll be out Friday. It'll be out the day day that Space Jam comes out. Go and see this movie. Please go and see New Legacy. I'm sure people watching this and yeah, like, look, you need to go in the headspace of this is going to be the most bananas thing. Don't attempt to make sense of it. Just go along for the ride and just don't expect basketball. That's the other thing. (laughs) Don't expect much basketball to be played. But it is so off the wall, it makes the original Space Jam look like March of the Penguins. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to love it. I want to see that underneath a poster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to send it. I'm going to send it. The best thing is, yeah. I, want it to, I don't want it to say your name. I just want it to say, this film will make the original Space Jam look like March of the Penguins. <laughs> And Andy, just an Irish man abroad. Like, yeah. just, yeah. Just, just, just people are like, uh, yeah, and it would make you go, right? And yeah. I just, that's, yeah. that's my thing is that like I've spent years kind of going to movies with the wrong head on my shoulders, but sitting there with my son 
10 years old when you mark saw the original yeah. uh, like it, it, you need to go to this going this is a movie for these people yeah and definitely. it is going to they're going to love it and weirdly as much as we laughed and when i asked mikey to tell my wife what it was about we laughed our heads off trying to retell the story the yeah and then at the end of it Mikey was saying, and having said all that, he said, it works. The movie works. Like, well, it's, it's, it's that's remarkable. All, yeah. That's all you can, you can ask for. because all like, you can ask for. You don't want... You don't... He probably shouldn't have named it Space Jam, for starters. He should have just made a new film. I think that's where the problem comes in, because no matter what, he's making that comparison known. The comparison's mm. always there anyway, but he's yeah. going, let's do Space Jam, because basically it's just Space Jam 2, but it's not Space mm. Jam 2 because it's completely different, apparently. I've not seen it. But, yeah, he's kind of feeding in to the rivalry as well, LeBron, though, which, fair play, if that's what he wants to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I had quite strong views about the film and the marking that went alongside it. Um, because when it was announced originally a year and a half ago, they released OG Toon Squad jerseys with LeBron's logo on, and they released Monstar jerseys, and they released LeBron kicks in both. You know, there was the Bugs Lows, and there was the Monstar 17s, and and mm. then like the trailer comes out, and you're like, the, the Monstars don't exist. <laughs> but Dean. And- just that the different is, jerseys. But this is exactly what I'm talking about. Like, this is exactly what you need to put to one side. Yeah. A human being is playing basketball with an animated rabbit. You don't get to apply human logic to, <laughs> to what's going on. You don't get to go, hold the phone a minute. <laughs> this doesn't make chronological sense. Why is Bill Murray here? Why isn't Bill Murray in it? Yeah. That's the only thing. That would be my only one criticism was it, it, it does lack a, a character of that sort because Bill Murray carried the movie at times. Uh, Bill in the first one, and he's sorely missed in this one, unfortunately. I but have an OG a lot Bill of Murray Space Jam jersey. That is how much I love Bill Murray. <laughs> My name, oh, even Bill Murray doesn't have that jersey. Yeah. My name is Mark Murray, so I love him more than you both. <laughs> yeah. He's basically my uncle, so we'll leave it there. So good. going away from <coughs> kind of Space Jam and everything, we were going to talk about your defining moment in basketball, but I suppose you've explained in a little, a little bit, mm. which would be probably 1992, the Olympics. Yeah, definitely, that is a, a moment. It's not a shot going through the basket. It's not a yeah. particular series. That is that is definitely my defining moment. But I do, I do think that 1996 season, the 72 and 10 season, yeah. would have to be number two because, I mean... To live that as a 15-year-old who's like completely just obsessed with the game in a way that was worrying 
to my parents. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and to have been in school when the magic beat him, the bulls, yeah. on the back of his screw up and being yeah. in school and magic fans in the school coming up to me and going, your boy ain't shit anymore. Yeah. And telling me what took place and going like, do not believe it. This is not possible. Yeah, <laughs> and watching it with my own eyes. Like the redemption journey of that. I don't think anybody will ever really get. And I don't think that The Last Dance does it justice because <laughs> when I spoke to Sam Smith, who's obviously a Michael Jordan biographer on the podcast, I spoke to George Mumford, who was Michael Jordan's sports psychologist. Uh, the rage, like the absolute rage within him to right that wrong. He was an angry soul, like, wasn't he, Mike? <laughs> like... This was 72 and 10 and beating the Sonics in the manner in which he did sweeping the magic that season. Like that moment of that season, the perfect season, essentially. And then nearly had the Sonics not taken a couple of games off them. Yeah. I mean, they could have swept the whole, the whole playoffs. Like that's what, that's the kind of anger you were dealing with. And then to win it on Father's Day. Yeah, I mean, to me, that experience of that year and watching that whole season play out, beginning with Space Jam, beginning yeah. with the Jordan Dome, and now knowing that the reason why he was bringing in Reggie and all these guys was to case them, to yeah. watch them and go, I know um, what I got to do here. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's evil genius, super detective, <laughs> like full-on psychopath, amazing and to me that was that's probably moment number two it's it's crazy to me now when you think about that because you forget all with history you forget the backstory don't you You just see the numbers you, you do. just see 72 yeah. and 10 and that's it it's like yeah. with the warriors when the warriors went 73 and 9 yeah that'll never be remembered because in the never. end LeBron won the championship. It don't, it don't mean a thing if you don't get that ring. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So true. The accomplishment of going losing nine games in a season is crazy. I don't care what era we're talking about. Amazing. Crazy. Yeah. But that, in time, will be forgotten. It will mm. be forgotten, unfortunately. Until 74 and 8 takes yeah. place, which, yeah. which is unlikely because... I don't know if we talked, the question was about the league right now. It's topsy-turvy, isn't it? It's, it's gone very topsy-turvy. And I don't know if you've been watching the USA games or their prep for the Olympics, but the news overnight was that the players didn't feel that they were getting calls. And, you know, a lot of the boards are saying, well, the NBA needs to look at how they're refereeing these games because the players are manipulating the rules to draw fouls, which is making the games kind of unwatchable. Yeah. In the sense that it's all kick out threes, it's flopping and flinging yourself to the floor, kicking your legs out, trying to draw contact. That's not that's not Olympic basketball, and it makes me wonder: Will they win gold this year? Especially well, as wrecked and tired as all these players are. Many great. Yeah. After his rookie season, people asked Luca how he'd adapted to the NBA, and he said, "It's easier to score in the NBA than it is in the Euro League," and people thought he was a lunatic. <laughs> and this is a prime example of the fact that, contrary to what is believed, basketball exists outside of America. And Luca, 
Luca may be that guy that we talked about earlier. I think that Luca may be that guy that we go, oh, you'll never, you, you, we won't see the likes of that again. Uh, a, a child come into the league having been a child pro, yeah, NBA ready on arrival, and then just scoring at will for years to come. And his game is so slow and methodical yeah. and deliberate. I can't see him getting injured. Whereas I always thought with LeBron, and I certainly think that with Trey Young, the yeah. injuries are going to follow because of the absolute ramming yourself at the back night after night. I mean, equally, could ja, 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 no ja Moran, ja Moran yeah. after every dunk is yeah. you, his ankle's going to be. Like <laughs> yeah. His ankle's going to break. Yeah, and as for Zion, I mean, Zion is already in tatters uh, yeah. carrying that load, landing yeah. as hard as he does. The eyes of him, though, it's, I it's know. frightening. It's, it is frightening. That, you can't jump that high and land on those that, that knee cartilage that much without some kind of give. He, but he walks like a penguin. Is <laughs> Back to March of the Penguins again. Is that what this podcast is? No, like maybe is that him protecting his joints when he walks? Like, the, the, look, I, I think we're in a really special time. Uh, and I think that that may be the thing that we look back on in this era and go, oh, my God, there was so many storylines. There was so many villains. There was so yeah. many uh, relationships yes. and intertwining stories that maybe we are living in a kind of a 90s golden period and we don't even realize. Yeah, you, yeah, you may you may be right. Uh, I don't I've lost track. Go on. Geez, you're <laughs> better at life than me. Pretty much. Um you are also a man that is a fan of a basketball sneaker. Yes. I do. Yeah, now. I've got a problem. Yes, you are. Oh, I seen well, the well, collection the other day. Actually, you have got a problem. <laughs> but that was, am I right in thinking that the picture you posted wasn't even your collection? <laughs> That's not like, my collection. Just, no it way. was a stock picture. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, like, to, oh, it was to God, tease people. Yeah, yeah. Get it. <laughs> you know, that was a tease, definitely. Now, uh, what? Are you but telling me basically on Instagram isn't it's true? not real? No, I'm sorry, Mark. <laughs> I mean, is this the end? But yeah. what happened there was uh, I obviously started a running podcast called An Irishman Running Abroad with the greatest Irish athlete of all time, Sonia Sullivan, who uh, anyone who's into athletics will know was a world record holder, multiple world champion. She coached me from nothing, literally never running, played basketball, got injured but then just didn't exercise for years. She took me from the couch to 10 mile road race and I'm still running now. But in the app, the Strava app, it tells you when it's time to get new runners <laughs> because it knows how long you've had your sneaks and how many miles you've covered. And they sent me a message the other day going, looks like it's time to buy new runners. And I was like, that is dangerous shit. That is yeah. dangerous for, for somebody with a sneaker addiction like mine. And I have had periods that's where I've gone cold turkey. I've committed to not buying any more runners. I've uh, had periods where I've hidden runners from my wife. Not, I'm not proud of that. Uh, I call them runners, by the way. They uh, <laughs> are called runners in Ireland. But I definitely have a problem with sneakers more so than jerseys, uh, where that feeling, Mark, that you identify with, I got to have it. Yeah, that I get that with I get that with sneakers bad, and I kind of traced it back as a lot of people have 
to not being able to have it when you're a kid. Yeah. Coming from a super wealthy house and yeah. just feeling like, well, you know what? I've worked hard and I, I can now. And that feeling does pass, but then there's still times where like I keep a lot of them unworn and I hope that someday my son will wear a couple of them. But to me, it is, again, it's antiques. Yeah. The, the, these, this is modern art. You're collecting something from a time gone by. Like the Billy Hoyles that I have are the, you know, the Nike Air Force, whatever yeah. they were called, uh, Command Force, yeah. ridiculous high tops. Like they come yeah. up to you in the middle of your shit. Like- <laughs> the most impractical sneakers in the history of the world. But, you know, they're nearly like a piece of costume. They're nearly like a Halloween costume. Yeah. <laughs> no intention of playing in these. But they're a piece of movie memorabilia and so much of uh, sneaker culture and sneaker collecting, which is, I think we can all agree, out of control at the moment. Like it's gone. It's gone off somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, I'll never be part of that. I just kind of have my own thing. And I I always say this to my wife. I basically have what I want now. I don't want anything else. (laughs) And then they'll re-release something and I'll go, hmm. Actually, <laughs> that, that, maybe I've not got what I need yet. <laughs> well, you have. Look at that jersey behind you. That's crazy. Like, yeah. I can't believe you got it. I'm so happy you got it. And oh. put your initials in at the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, that's that's special, man. That's, that, that's it. So, was you going to ask a question then, G, before we just went off on a... No, that was that was just basically it. Um, just <laughs> alongside the fact I don't even that ask the questions anymore. As what what was great is you you've you've said they're like they're antiques. And mm. I've always like last year I bought a fair amount of jerseys and refused to call them. Still to this day, refuse to call them a collection. They are my investment portfolio. <laughs> That's what we. So like, I, I would be like, and and and. And people laughed, and I was like, "No, no, sit down and think about this." Mm-hmm. In years to like, come, like you know, that is a genuine investment portfolio. 